Welcome to another edition of Eusebius on Times Live. It is Thursday, the 9th of February, and that means State of the Nation Address this evening. Obviously, every citizen, which we are entitled to, would like the President to render us visible and to talk about the issues that affect our lives. The queer community is no different, and that's why I had asked Nolwazi Tusini from Iranti to join me on this edition of Eusebius on Times Live and to talk about a campaign they're running. You might have seen it digitally on various platforms or on the media where they've been engaging the hashtag Queer Sona campaign. Iranti is a media advocacy organization that particularly defends and advocates for the rights of lesbian, intersex, and transgender persons across the continent. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people all their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Lwazi, good morning to you, and thanks so much for making time for us. Good morning, Yusibas. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I want to start off by asking you to explain to people who might think that all South Africans have got hard times that they're going through, what the particular forms of violence or oppression or marginalization is that sexual minorities face in our country. Sure. I think, um, you know, the the response to all South Africans are going through a hard time is to absolutely agree. Um or the, the, the South Africans for which I advocate, which is the LGBTIQ community, are also going through a hard time, which is exacerbated by the fact that they are not uh, only a, a minority community, but a marginalized community that exists on the margins um, mm. of the society. So any difficult situation that anyone is facing mm. or society rather is facing becomes exacerbated because of that. And then they are also very specific specific um, issues that face the community um, that are on issues that a number of people in, in this society and this country might take for granted. So our big advocacy points uh, for the State of Nation Address uh, this year around the hate crimes bill, as you know, um, mm. you see that South Africa has for the past four or five years been in the process of trying uh, to get the hate crimes bill passed as law. Yeah. The hate crimes bill would protect uh, would better protect uh, the LGBTQ community from the hate crimes that we've seen in this country, such as um, what is referred to as corrective rape. Um, and some of the hate crimes we've also seen uh, being suffered by trans people, uh, people of trans experience, as well as uh, uh, gay men in, mm. in this country. So that's the first instance. But it would also protect, better protect Black uh, South Africans from racism. Um, and 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 so the hate crimes bill becomes a very important advocacy point for us. And we also uh, would like the president to look at legal gender recognition in this country, mm. which essentially speaks to 
um, queer South Africans' ability to move and operate and exist in South Africa as legally recognized citizens of this country. Many people of trans experience are unable to live those kinds of lives, are unable to get um, ID documents that truly reflect who they are because of the gender marker um, that is baked into our ID numbers, uh, which is which is becoming quite an issue. Mm-hmm. The law allows us for, to change our gender markers um, uh, 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 on our IDs, but the 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 process that mm-hmm. is required by the law, which is Act Forty Nine, is cumbersome. Um, often results in violations and violence experienced. Mm-hmm people trying to access the service. Okay, so that's kind of interesting, right? Because I want to come back to both of those examples. I mean, those are very specific, practical demands to make of the president and his cabinet, uh, focusing on Mm. hate crimes legislation and also Mm. making it easier for communities within the broader queer community to be able to have their true identities reflected in state-issued documentation. But before we get into that minutiae, if I understand you correctly, and correct me if, if, if I'm putting words in your mouth here, that despite, in a sense, especially as queer South Africans older than you and me, being excited by speaking of baked, baking into the constitution, right to dignity, equality, and outlawing constitutionally discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, it sounds to me from the urgency of this campaign and hearing you on other media platforms that we can't be glib about the gap between rights on paper and realities on the ground. Absolutely, Eusebius. And this is not to say that the rights on paper do not do not matter and are ineffective. That is not the truth. As, a, as an organization that works in the region in SADC and in the greater um, continent, mm-hmm. we know what is we 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 don't know, but we have experience with some of the organizations that we work in solidarity with. Mm-hmm. How much more difficult it would be if we do not have the constitutional protections? Yes, um, and so don't take them for granted. Being baked in are the protections being baked into the constitution means that we can write run a campaign such as this without a, a, a particular level of. That's right. Of, yeah. of, mm-hmm. Um, but I think what is important to CBS and what this, you know, our campaigns such as ours and a number of other um, socioeconomic issues that plague marginalized communities in this country, what it shows is that there is a values gap between who the Constitution says South Africa is mm-hmm. and who South Africa is in practice as a society, and that we need to begin to consider to, to really think of the Constitution as an aspirational document, as yeah. Uh, a declaration of who we want to be, what we aspire to be as a country. And as queer people, as a queer organization, we are committed to ensuring that South Africa as a country gets to that and that we close that values Mm -hmm. gap. But there's an absolutely big gap between who the kinds of life that the Constitution guarantees and protects for all South Africans and the really the lived experience on the ground. Absolutely. And I think that's why this campaign is so important. And that's why the voices that you had collated also matter so much. And I want to play a couple of those voices now so that my listeners can hear some of the folks that you have digitally archived 
And you can find these voices on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Have a listen to some of these. Mr. President, I would like to request that you also focus on queer people. I want the president to address the ongoing human rights violations that are faced by the LGBTQI plus community. Would you please do more work? with the Minister of Police in ensuring that LGBTIQ persons are able to feel safe and report their cases at police stations. I would like to see the President addressing issues of young trans learners being taken care at school and not bullied by other learners or teachers or discriminated in any how. And I think the President in his sonar address should look at addressing the needs of trans and queer migrants that are still struggling with access to identity documents, access to health and safe housing in South Africa. Now, Lazi, coming out of those voices that we've just played there and in preparation for this conversation, it made me realize that besides the values gap, which you so wonderfully describe as problematic as the issue is that you are describing, there are also inequalities within the queer community, right? So the truth of the matter is being a middle-class degreed professional living in Santon with my partner makes my life fundamentally different to even a cisgender gay white man that might be poor, let alone us in turn compared to transgender persons that you work with, intersex persons, or black lesbian women, just speaking to those inequities within the queer community. Well, the, the queer community is is not, um, you know, fortified from uh, general societal uh, issues that result as uh, that are a direct result of living in a capitalistic patriarch patriarchal and racist um, system, right? And so, um, class matters in the ways that you've just so beautifully articulated in terms of the lived experience that people have. Uh, gender expression and identity has an impact and absolutely race has an impact and then what happens is that you see a compounding of oppression that has particular kinds of um, negative uh, and, and severe outcomes for certain members of the queer community some more more than others mm. um, you know there is a, a level of protection that you you get from living in a particular area in in South Africa if you look at where all of the where a, a, a bulk of the lesbian killings um, that have plagued this country occur, they occur in townships. And this is significant because it speaks to as well the, the, the class disparities um, that, that that come into play in particular kinds of ways yeah. um, within with communities. So when you're talking about a poor community that is already under-resourced, that is under-serviced, um, mm. and that lives in a society um, that that then, um, you know, exists on, on, on patriarchal norms, Queer people then become the most vulnerable, uh, some of the most vulnerable people right. in those communities in particular kinds of ways. The last third last question, I want to now come back to something I understand why you had centered it at the top of the conversation. I always have this double-edged relationship with the law. I love the law and its capacity to improve our lives. And you articulated in turn so beautifully why we shouldn't be glib about it. I'm always grateful to Justice Edwin Cameron for having convinced me to not be glib about the state asserting in law our right to dignity and equality, even while we are fighting for more practical gains in society at large. For example, if I'm having sex with another man 
consensually, it is great to know that society doesn't deem me to be breaking the law. That's not the case in many SADC countries and elsewhere across the continent. So I kind of get that. And I'm grateful for, and I want to give him his due, which we often don't, the Deputy Minister of Justice, John Jeffrey, for how hard mm-hmm. his work to get his colleagues to appreciate the importance of decriminalizing sex work, but also in this question of a bill that speaks to hate crimes so that we can have some traction in making sure that what you are asking for sees the light of day. But here's my my sort of devil's advocate question to you. You can have a law that says it is a hate crime to beat your CBS up just because he's gay, or it will be a factor taken into account during the sentencing stage, and it will be an aggravating factor. But I want to walk around without being beaten up in the first place. If our policing is not that great and success rates when it comes to prosecution are low, as you know, as a woman, quite apart from being queer, then how effective will hate crime legislation be to make the world a safer place for you and me? Well, I think that we we have a very clear understanding as Iranti and for myself as well, that the law is a tool um, and sometimes an imperfect tool and that the law does not always deliver justice in this in circumstances in which we we, we needed to to do yeah. so. But it's also significant to have a law that says that because what it says is it speaks to a particular kind of value system that a society is that that is part of a societal compact to mm. say that these are the things that we will accept and these are the things that we will not accept right this does not mean that hate crimes will not exist this does not mean that a gbv necessary will cease to exist and femicide and the different kinds of things that laws are, should take into consideration as we've seen with legal gender recognition there is act 49 that allows us and this law the law has not um, guaranteed that people yes. have the full expression of their rights. And we know that. But it is important for the legal framework that governs a society to say particular things about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in that particular society in very explicit ways that we will we can then try and enforce. But the law alone, you see, this cannot uh, fix any of the issues facing the LGBTI community or the societal issues we see we find in South Africa in in general there needs to be societal shift that uh, accompanies the legal the, the legal framework that we are we are speaking to mm. but having that framework in place is important yeah. if you think about the ways in which you know, because of the legal framework we've got, uh, uh, former President Jacob Zuma, for example, is 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 able to be held accountable for particular things. Even the current president and the ways in which you know people in power, there are certain conversations that a legal mm-hmm. framework allows you to have that Makes you are able sense, yeah. to have that are important for us yeah. to have the space to 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 begin to have to hold mm-hmm. people accountable. Word perfect. I mean, yeah, it's in a really rich, important, detailed way, necessary, even if it's not sufficient, but importantly necessary. I suppose my second last question has been covered, but for completion's sake, let me articulate it. There's a similar challenge, isn't there, when it comes to the recognition of gender identity legislation. You can have the legislation and the regulations changed to be progressive and sensible and rational. But as with a young black 
teenager asserting her right to an abortion, you might get a lecture from the nurse. Similarly, you could get a homophobic home affairs official who's deliberately obstinate and tardy. But I guess from your previous answer, I should be able to work out for my own stupid self that that doesn't mean that fighting for those changes administratively doesn't matter, right? I mean, yes, it does matter. It, it absolutely does matter, uh, Eusebius. But also, the, the our idea around the amendment of, of Act 49 to the amendment that we're calling for, that's our long-term advocacy sort of uh, point around legal gender recognition, is to say that we can remove and should remove the gender marker in the identity numbers of South Africans. And we saw the, 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 the state do a similar kind of thing with the race marker. So we know that already these precedents mm-hmm. of a similar kind of thing. Um, and right, and yeah. so we're saying that once the, if we were to remove the gender marker, it would make people's lives easier because then the issue of gender be- stops becoming an issue in this particular area of, uh, you know, administration, uh, South African uh, identity admi- administration, and it might decrease people's experience of violation. In the meantime, mm. we have we have been trying to work quite closely with the Department of Home Affairs to work within the confines of the law that as it exists right now. And then the the, the kinds of issues that you're speaking to have absolutely arisen where people are, are denied yeah. the, 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 the opportunity to apply for gender marker changes by Department of yeah. Home Affairs officials who really should know better. And so in our work in terms of of this particular advocacy point, it's we understand that it's not enough to change the law, but the amendment is necessary. Yeah. In the meantime, we are saying to the Department of Home Affairs, um, let us dev- develop a standard operating procedure under the current law that we can hold everyone accountable to. Once we finalize the standard operating procedure, we are happy to go into every single office across the country and do the proper sensitization training for your frontline yeah. officials and then hold people accountable. So we're willing to go mm. through that process mm. but it needs to be met halfway in order for that to happen and it needs to be you know you see this i think that when people are hired into um uh, positions within the state we need to be very careful about the kinds of metrics we use for people to get employment in the first place and metrics that need to be baked in are metrics that speak to what the constitution says as the state Absolutely. is meant to deliver to South Africans um, in order to begin to tackle some of the problems that we're seeing. Beautifully put. I can listen to you the whole day. It's absolutely stunning. My final question is for you to voice something you said to me offline because it was so important. You weren't born yesterday, which is not to say you've got one foot in the grave, but Mm -hmm. you are experienced enough to understand that you're not going to get all of these things overnight because that's just how slow activist goal achievements are, especially Mm -hmm. when a president is facing 200 different pressure groups. Mm -hmm. But you did say that this campaign, hashtag Queer Sona, as part of your broader work matters to you, not just because of what the immediate issues on your wish list are that you've articulated, but as an expression of active democratic citizenship on the part of queer people. What do you mean by that? And speak into that point in the last minute, because so often activists get reduced to being 
obsessive about one issue. Mm. And I loved when you articulated to me as a friend why this is not just about being a single issue driven activist, but about being a Democrat. Mm. Um, queer people have been involved in every struggle for freedom that we see globally on the continent and in South Africa. I mean, Simon Goli is a, is a great representation of the ways in which queer people um, participated in the anti-apartheid struggle. And we're, we're also fighting for our own rights as well in terms of the recognition that we needed. It's the same thing with, with women as well. And so whilst queer people, as queer people, we have very specific issues that impact us like legal gender recognition, like intersex genital mutilation and hate crimes. We are active citizens of this country and citizens that have actively participated in every single social issue that has come up from water to electricity, etc. When you see service delivery protests occurring in communities, queer people are in fact part of those protests because we exist in this very same society. Uh, we are not only we are not single issue people because we do not live single issue lives to to steal from from yeah. Audrey Lord. And so what is important for us for this campaign is to was for me was for us to visibilize queer bodies actively engaging the president's most important speech of the year, the speech that determines the, gov mm. the government's priorities and where the money is going to go for us to declare for ourselves with our own voices that we are here, we are visible and we care about ourselves and the issues that directly impact us, but we care about this country as a whole because we are citizens that are vested and invested in the future of the society. Love your work, love your brain, love your politics. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much, Eusebius, for, for having me on. It's always lovely to talk to you, and we appreciate the opportunity to, you know, speak about these issues in a, in a also thoughtful environments. And I understand the news cycle and understand it's sown as a big day, but I, I, I really do appreciate having uh, time to, to, to tease out some of these issues because they are complex and there's a lot of misunderstanding happening in society. Absolutely. So it is always a lovely experience to have some time to, to talk about it. Thanks, Leslie.